live just a bit outside from the rich eisen show studio in los angeles major league would not be as great a movie this is the rich eisen show with guest host Susie schuster without bob euchre dynamite drop in money that broadcast school has really paid off the rich eisen show today's guests Pro Football Hall of Famer Michael Irvin, Emmy Award-winning actress Laura Linney, from ESPN, Jeremy Schapp, Warriors head coach Steve Kerr, plus Stephen A. Smith. And now, it's Susie Schuster. TJ Jefferson, (laughs) missing that putt. I was planning on you sinking it to start off the show on Thursday. I like it to start off with the winners. Susie Schuster here with you in wow. place for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. Chris Brockman, great to see hey. you. Susie, great to Always see you. What's happening? being with you. You Thanks. know, I'm I'm going up to speed. I had some insomnia last night. I don't know oh, if you've had no. that before. Oh, so no. you might have to keep me at a lot of coffee going right now. Adrenaline and coffee, but I'm ready to go through the day. Let's and I'm ready and roll, to man. outperform my husband in terms of booking. <laughs> so I want to make sure that you know that I'm I'm coming correct. Yeah, coming correct. Mike Daltufo, I mean, I how are you? Susie. My old friend, good to see you. TJ was a just a bit outside with that shot. He was just a bit outside. And, <laughs> I mean, and, that was a little aggressive, Suze, for our first time together. TJ, this is the first time you and I get to do a show like this. And yes. by the way, I'm not saying it was my idea to put you on the show, but okay. it might have been my idea to put you on the show. So oh, you it's know a belated, e- you know, you're Ooh. welcome. Here's the deal. I thank you. My mama thanks you in the whole city of Altoona, Pennsylvania. They I also, also get very you. upset yeah. when Rich is too hard on Mike Del Tufo, but that's a whole other show. I love and it, that's, Susie. That's psychiatry, so we I'm going to save that for my podcast. Dive into that, Suze. We have a lot of time to dive into this great guest list. I mean, so like we, Rich has been saying the last couple of days, and I want to say hi to all you guys on radio and and on Peacock and Sirius. I actually listen on Sirius most of the time, then pull over on Coldwater Canyon to call in or text the two of you to with my. Lovely feedback, but uh, Factual. I, I like to come. I like to come here with a, with a guest list. You know, when you start off in TV the way I did, and I did every job on the way to getting on the air, you, you learn how to book. Mm-hmm. So I did my own booking as I always do uh, with our first guest, Michael Irvin, because who else would we want to talk about uh, what's happening in Seattle, what's happening in Dallas and across the league, and also we can talk about our wedding because the fact. Oh, I forgot to put my other ear in because he was my guest. Yes, and I know that that's come up many times. Uh, I also reached out to Laura Linney because she's nominated for another Golden Globe. Laura Linney has won more awards than anyone on the planet. And she's also an all-around great person. And she's incredible in Ozark. And I know you guys here are big Ozark fans. Incredible. Gosh, she's so amazing. She's amazing. That show's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's dark. Dark. And you'd be surprised to know that she has a sports connection. So you'll be happy to hear that when we come on the show. So Laura Linney will be on. Jeremy Schapp, because when in doubt, go Schapp. Right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he's going to give us some perspective as well on the Tiger Woods news, because let's face it, um, he actually yesterday on ESPN did, did an incredible piece, as only Jeremy can, to reflect on what's happening with Tiger. And he'll put some perspective on that. Also, we're going to introduce um, Jeremy Schapp, the chef, which Ooh. maybe you don't know Wait, about. What? Whoa. Jeremy Schapp has spent most of quarantine cooking, <laughs> and he has three kids. So he um, he's home with his three kids. And I want to tell you this. The other, oh, the other caveat with me being here is I may or may not have locked Rich in, in the basement because I have been home now for a year with three kids. This might have been somewhat suspicious, him not showing up after having vacation for a week, but he may or may not be trapped. And he might get out at 12, but 
he may not. So anyway, so back to Jeremy Shep. Yes, he has been. In the closet. <laughs> he's been cooking. He's been cooking, and he has on his Instagram uh, an incredible selection of things that he's been making in his Yoda-like steamer. What, is that a steamer? Is that a oh, smoker? That's, that's the green egg. Oh, yeah. right. That's a green egg. It's Brockman a, it's, knows the name. It's a smoker. Brockman's thing. Now this is his wheelhouse. It's a smoker. We might introduce the term yeah. spatchcock to the advertising. <laughs> That's called splitting a major. It's a cooking term, you pigs. It's it's when you take a turkey and you cleave it down the middle and you open it up and then you grill it. He's been making brisket. And what's that called again? Look it up, TJ. Okay, gotcha. Look it up. All right. So we're going to talk cooking with Jeremy Shep, which, by the way, you'd be amazed. He's an incredible cook. So you might not be amazed. He's Jeremy Shep. And then we'll go to Steve Kerr because, again, the Warriors won last night. They'll see if the if they play their way into the playoffs. But I want to talk to him about how they've turned how he's turned this team around. You know, we besides the fact that I I want to talk to Steve Kerr about the Last Dance. I don't think I've heard enough from him about his reaction to the Last Dance, and also wondering if he uh, touched base with Jordan after talking about punching him in the face. <laughs> you guys know when I do the show, it's it's a spin on a sports show. It's a sports show it. with a with a twist. Because let's face it, I don't want to talk downs and distance. I will just screw that up, and we all know that I will. So that's okay. Uh, and then, of course, no show is complete without Stephen A. Smith because I like to ask him anything esoteric. And I'm also curious that if Stephen A. Smith were to sell his story and make it into a motion a major motion picture, who would play Stephen A. Smith? Who would he want to play him? <laughs> he's gonna say think? he's gonna say Denzel, right? I mean, do you think he'd go Denzel, TJ? What do you think? Who, who do you see as playing Stephen A. Smith? Here's the deal: as a as an African American male of a certain age, of course you're gonna say Denzel, just because Denzel's at like you know he's top of the food chain. Right. So of our age, Denzel. But if you're younger, you might go Michael B. Jordan. You Ooh, know, that'd be good. Not bad. He might be the cat. Michael B. Jordan could play me. I go Cuba Jr. Jr. Yeah. for Mike. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'll give you a preview for tomorrow as well because I like to keep TJ happy. Doc Rivers for tomorrow, oh. as well as Shaquille O'Neal talking wrestling. I so, mean, come on now. Wow. Can you dig it? I do dig it, and that's why I call my guys to come on and surround me with some love because I like to have it. I like to feel comfortable out here. Do you well, know I, what I mean? I appreciate you. I like to feel comfortable out here. Uh, no news on Tiger Woods as we start the show. Nothing uh, as an update on him. Uh, we will try to bring you whatever we have at the time. We are obviously all thinking about him and his family. You know, I'll, I'll tell you guys, and Chris, you know this, um, anybody who suffers from back injuries, what I'm wondering, too, is as, as he goes through this, we're talking about his tibia and his fibia and his ankle being repaired. But, boy, you have to start thinking about how this affects all those back surgeries. Just just had yeah. a recent one. And I know that if I were to pick up that coffee cup off the floor, my back would go up. <laughs> so when you think about the effect of a, of a car accident as well. Yeah, when you're talking yeah. about shattered ankle, compound fractures, broken Oof. legs, on top of, was it number four, number mm-hmm. five, mm-hmm. back surgery now for Tiger? Looks like you got a long road ahead. I mean, I was thinking about this yesterday. Obviously, he wasn't going to play in the Masters this year. He was 50-50. I think next year's Masters is probably out. I think if he's going to play golf again, we're looking at the 2023 Masters probably for Tiger. And it is what it is at this point. I mean, I love Tiger more than... More than most people. He's one of my favorite athletes of all time. If the last image and memories of him are playing golf with his son and winning the 2019, I'm totally okay with that. I mean, for him to just be an ambassador for the game and a course designer, I'm okay with that being Tiger Woods now. 
But we just want him to be okay and get back to living a full, healthy life. As a parent, all we want, and as a human being, all we want is for him to be healthy and happy yeah, and get back totally. to his family. It'll be a long road ahead, but we wish him nothing but the best. Uh, let's turn to other news of the day. If you don't mind, we'll make the caveat. What I should, hold on. Is this when I take off my glasses like Brian Gumble? Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. The story of a team rebuilding without their number two wingman, and that would be the L.A. Lakers. Um, I covered the Lakers for, let me think, five years. Five years? Three years? Something like that during the Shaq and Kobe run. I went back and covered the team again, LeBron's first year as the host of the official Lakers podcast. And um, all I can say is right now, I am glad I'm not there every day right now. It feels a little bit like it felt the first year LeBron was there, TJ. Um, LeBron and a bunch of guys all auditioning to be his best friend without AD. <laughs> and uh, I can tell you, you know what's not fun? LeBron in a bad mood. Yeah, Not fun. Got to tell you, not a fun place to be around. And we saw them lose their fourth straight on the season with no time frame for AD to come back. And uh, just curious, guys, what do you think? I think that's a great question to ask Stephen A. Smith is what do you expect from these Lakers as we head to the second half of the season? Yeah, TJ, you, you can start on this one. For, uh, as I give you my thoughts, I think without Anthony Davis, they're in big trouble. I mean, they're not going to get out of the West. They may not even make the Western Conference Finals without him. That's how I, I kind of see this team. Yeah, I kind of... I think you treat LeBron like Brady at this point. If AD comes back, then I think it's kind of a wrap. Um, without Anthony Davis, obviously, like Brockman said, it's going to be tough. But as long as LeBron James is on your team, you're going to go far in the playoffs. And I, I'm at the point where, much like Tom Brady, I feel like you don't bet against LeBron. Like, you've seen it too much. People can point out the fact that he's got a losing record in the finals, but he still got to those finals. So if LeBron's alive and he's still walking, you know, you got to kind of back the Lakers right now. Yeah, Jazz, best record in the league. Cooper's got a couple of the guys on fantasy, so he's obsessed with watching anything Jazz, by the way. <laughs> okay. Um, speaking of Cooper, I, I need to change this out. Okay. Oh. Oh. Hey, oh. 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 <laughs> now, the, the one caveat, and for those on the radio, I replaced Rich's best dad ever sign with a best mom ever sign. Here's the caveat. It's a little bit like the Red Sox pink hats. Like, you don't want to wear a pink hat. You don't want to wear a pink hat. Right? I mean, yeah. it's all I could get on Amazon next day, but it's a pink <laughs> sign that says best mom ever. Sorry, Rich Eisen. <laughs> it's a little bit like, isn't it? Doesn't it feel a little dirty, like a little bit like the pink cap? Right? A little bit, right? I will say, after, after I'm going to say we, after we won in 2004, and then the pink shirts and yeah, the jerseys and the hats explosion happened in Boston, you kind of just like, you knew who the real fans weren't, because they were the ones wearing <laughs> the, the pink, pink gear. Yeah. So, it's a little as I do love the best mom sign that you're bringing in. <laughs> Can we just like in the break, like sharpie in the pink and like shappy it in? Just do something. Just do something. See, I'm a I'm a pose there on Wednesdays. Like Mean Girls, I wear pink every Wednesday, so I'm I'm okay with why. With the, you know the movie Mean Girls? Of course. Yeah, on Wednesdays we wear pink, so I just made it a point. And I've never even said this out loud. Every Wednesday, I wear something pink on the show, and now people does, know. By the way, does it sound dumb now that you're saying it out loud? Nah, and you like, hear it? I feel free now. Don't I feel we have a breaking free. news drop? I feel more free now. I mean, breaking news. <laughs> I might come back on Wednesday just to 
I mean, you can go See check the tapes, pit. everyone. You can check the tapes. <laughs> Those of you who are familiar with notes that our that our daughter writes, I got a I got an origami puppy to bring today. Oh, yeah. that says you are a brave person. Because I told her last night before bed, I said the reason I couldn't get them to go to sleep, and I was tired. So I said, you know, I thought I'd do some like reverse psychology. Mommy's really nervous about tomorrow. I haven't gone on TV for a whole year, and I said it like with the wide eyed like. Mommy's really nervous, Taylor. Maybe you should go to bed so that I can get my rest. As in like, go to bed. I'm tired. I got to get up at five in the morning. And it worked. And she wrote me this. So this, I'll save this note for Rich. Uh, Michael Irvin is coming up next, as we said. He'll be our first guest. We're going to talk about Russell Wilson. And I think maybe, Chris, is that your poll question today is having to do with Russell Wilson? Yeah, so big story in The Athletic today about Russell Wilson and what's going on with his relationship with the Seahawks. It looks like they kind of got a rocky marriage here after 10 years. So is Russ going to be on the move? A lot of teams have inquired about him, the Jets, the Dolphins. Uh, Will he be sent somewhere else. I'm so interesting about this. So my poll is just pretty simple. If you were running a team, who would you trade for? Russell Wilson, maybe on the move. Deshaun Watson, we know he wants out. And I'm going to throw Aaron Rodgers in there just for fun. Uh, cause, he's just been saying, because he's been saying some kind of cryptic things in, uh, recently and throughout this season. And they drafted his replacement in the first round, trading up to get Jordan Love last year. So I'm going to throw him on there. If you're running a team... Who would you trade for? Also, three guys in different phases of their career. The old guy, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, guy in the middle of his career, Russell Wilson, or the young pup, Deshaun Watson. At Rich Eisen Show, vote. Give us a call, 844-204-RICH. Yeah, Deshaun Watson just tweeted that out before the show or tweeted out before the show. You know, I did reach out to Pete Carroll to come on. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. I, bear with me. Don's talking to me. Guys, I'm going to say this right now. Oh, if, if, I, if I get a little rusty... Just go with me. Like I said, I've been trapped at home. Loyalty is everything. Don't you ever forget it was what Deshaun Watson put out. Oof. He's definitely talking about not his not only his own situation, but Russell Wilson, right? Of course he is. There's a, there's a fraternity of quarterbacks out there. Of course he is. But let's face it. I mean, don't you think he's played his last snap ever in Houston? No doubt. He's right? never playing for the never Texans ever again. <laughs> no. The question Without is, question. where will he Without go? Without question. And please don't say the Jets because the Rich will start to cry and then he'll start to get panicky and think he might actually have a decent. It's not going to happen. Sorry, honey. I don't. I, you don't think he's going to the Jets, but we'll ask, we'll ask Michael Irvin what he knows. But Michael Irvin is coming up next on the Rich Eisen Show. We have an incredible show coming up. Don't go anywhere. Michael Irvin after the break. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle. O O O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You told a story about the genesis of All Right, All Right. Yes. All Right. Yes. Would you please tell that story? Here's where that comes from. So, okay. days confused. Yes. Genius film. I'm in the right bar at the right time. Mm-hmm. And a guy goes, hey, you ever done any acting? You might be right, just right for this part. Legendary <laughs> cast director and producer Don Phillips. And I said, yeah, I was in a middle light commercial for about this long, but you know. Maybe I'm, I'm in film school at the time. And he goes, well, come to this address. You might be just right. Pick up the script. I go down. I pick up the script. There's three scenes with three lines. And one of the lines is Wooderson out front of the pool hall. The girls walk by. He checks her out going by. And uh, his buddy says, man, you got to cut that out. You're going to go to jail for that, Wooderson. And Wooderson steps forward and says, no, man, that's what I love about those high school girls. I get older, but they stay the same age. <laughs> Legendary line. I call it a launch pad line. Nice. Like, you're going to say... They unpack it. Anyone, any character who says that and believes it, we can write a book on that guy, right? <laughs> so that was one of the lines. Mm-hmm. So I go work on those three lines for three weeks. Um, I come back, and they do what's called a makeup and wardrobe test, meaning they're shooting another scene one night. I'm just going to show up. Director's going to step off the set and come and look and go, mm-hmm. great. I approve. Well, he comes and looks. He goes, geez, this is Wooderson. It's great. He goes, listen, uh, you're not scheduled to work tonight, but we're over here at the Top Notch drive through and... You think Wooderson might want to pick up on the redheaded intellectual, Jake? And I'm like, sure. And he goes, want to shoot it? I'm like, sure. So I go get in the car. I shoot my first scene ever in a film. Of your career. Of my career. And um, I had been listening to a lot of 70s rock and roll at that time. There was a certain live recording of a Jim Morrison concert in like Amsterdam or somewhere where he barks at the crowd, all right, all right, all right, all right, four times real aggressively though. I'm not thinking about that, but this comes back. So I'm in the car and I'm like, who's my man? I'm nervous. I'm about to hear act. Who's my man? Who's Wooderson? I said, well, I'm about my car. And I go, well, I'm in my 70 Chevelle, yes. there's one. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm about getting high. I said, well, Slater's riding shotgun. You know he's got a Dubois rolled up. <laughs> <laughs> there's two. I said, I'm about rock and roll. I said, well, I got Nugent, Stranglehold, in the eight track, man. There's three, and I hear action. 
And I look up, and in my mind, I go, and I'm about chicks. I got three out of four. Let's go get the fourth. All right, all right, all right. Wow. <laughs> that was it. So First confused. words I ever said on screen. First words I ever said. And that was the three affirmations of those three things I had. When they were, there we go. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Susie Schuster, in for Rich Eisen, and no one makes my husband cackle quite like Matthew McConaughey, I have to say. I mean, he doesn't laugh at my jokes like that, but he's always happy to have him back on. Interesting morning. We're moments away from Michael Irvin calling in. Deshaun Watson with another cryptic tweet going out. A lot's going on. What's what's going on, guys, in the NFL right now with these cryptic tweets? It's so crazy. Like Loyalty is everything. Don't you ever forget it. Capitalized ever. Wow. What do we think is happening there? This is the strangest story. I'm I'm so curious about what's happening. I'll tell you what's, what's happening. happening. There's a better chance of me being HTC Mike than him playing for the Houston Texans <laughs> next year. That's a fact. The Houston Texans. Like, I have a better chance of being a cheerleader with the Texan cheerleaders than him playing with them. Yeah, he's never playing for the Texans nope. again. And I think we all get that at this point. But he's definitely talking about Russell Wilson and everything that's going on, that huge story in The Athletic today. And... It's really interesting between him and like trying to figure out what J.J. Watt's talking about. J.J. Watt's super active on Twitter recently, so everyone thinks every tweet that he posts is a breadcrumb to where he might sign in free agency. Diana Rossini saying this morning that he's getting $15 million a year offers. He's going somewhere, and he's going somewhere soon. Where? Who knows? And if you're Russell Wilson, you've won a Super Bowl. You've been to two. What's he played, eight or nine years? I think this is year 10. And he's watching, is it 10? And he's watching Pat Mahomes like do whatever he wants. And he's watching Tom Brady be Tom Brady. Wouldn't you think in a million years you're thinking to yourself, why aren't they treating me this way? Michael Irvin, don't you think he must be thinking, why are they questioning me at this point? Yes, yeah, Suze, how are you, Suze? Good so morning, Michael. To talk to you. Good afternoon, oh, morning. God, Suze. <laughs> you know, it, it, listen, it, there's a lot going on, man. And it's football. It's the gift that doesn't stop giving. <laughs> Things are really, it, it, it doesn't stop. We can't get to an off-season. There's no such thing as an off-season because every week something is trickling out. And, that, and that's the thing now, Suze. That's the thing. We, we, we understand. I said this years ago when we started these, giving out these contracts and you're giving this kind of money and guaranteed money, I said, Teams have to start making this adjustment. There's no more dominion over these players. It is partnership with these players. And, 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 and you got to sit here and work with them. Russell Wilson was going through a bad spell. That's what that article's talking about. He's going through a bad spell. Russell Wilson is who we are talking about. Why would you not listen to him on how he feels you can, he can best come out of this situation? That, that 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 stuff like that blows my mind when he has to put the football in his hands to go on the football field. You should always listen anyway because he feels what he's coming up with is his best opportunities. And you're saying to him, "No, nah, we're not doing that." That, that. That's hard to understand. I mean, things have changed so much. You look at a young guy like Patrick Mahomes and they're basically telling him, "Here are the keys to the car, do as you wish." You're looking at Tom Brady who can do no wrong. How much more does Russell Wilson have to do, Michael, for P- 
Pete Carroll to sit back and say, okay, I'm going to let you run this offense the way you want to run it? Susie, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I, know, I know it's hard for people to understand because you can be having great success. You're like, why, why is this coming up with all of this great success? Even all that Aaron Rodgers is going through and, and, and the little risk that seems to be just simmering over there now. And it, all of this. But I'm telling you, I saw it firsthand. I saw it when we were at the pinnacle coming off back-to-back Super Bowls, these power struggles that come in and tear everything up. I saw it firsthand, and that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing these are power struggles. These are coaches that have done great by them uh, on their own even before those quarterbacks have gotten with them, and these are quarterbacks that are, that are ultimately saying, I'm, it's my tail that's on the line. Every time I line up, uh, when Russell went through that spell, everybody was talking about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. It, 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 it's my tail on the line. Deshaun Watson, it, uh, uh, when you don't win a Super Bowl as a football player, nobody remembers the GM, Susie. They only remember the quarterback. Nobody knows who Dan Marino's GM is. All we say is, Dan Marino didn't win a Super Bowl. It's just, and, and those guys are trying to take control of their legacy. Uh, that, that's just what's happening now. Because it's the quarterback out there with the number on the back. I mean, he's the one people, he's the reason why guys are buying jerseys because of the quarterback. And also, we also know Russell Wilson had a bunch of banged up running backs, so he's out there by himself. You bring right, up. Right, Susie. And Susie, there's also only maybe eight or nine real ones in 32 teams. My degree is BMO, business management and organization. The first thing they teach you in business is supply and demand, baby. Supply and demand. And if you're in the top 10 and there's a demand of 32, oh, you got some power. You got some power. And we're seeing that this offseason. Susie Schuster here on the Rich Eisen Show, sitting in for Rich with Michael Irvin. Thanks for calling in again, Mike. Uh, let's talk about Dak Prescott. Since you talk about this, we're going to go around the league, it looks like, with a quarterback carousel as usual. What is happening in Dallas? I mean, I'm just so curious about why didn't Jerry Jones just re-sign him and move on and make him the establish him as the star that he wants to be? And, and guys, I, I do like to think sometimes we always believe that people don't listen to what is being said outside and, and, and how things are changing. A couple years ago, Susie, I I went on right here in Dallas and went off. Back then, back then, the number number was $30 million a year. Everybody was complaining, like, I don't know what about paying Dak Prescott $30 million a year. I said, are you joking? Like, you know, how many times I said I measure a man on distance travel? I mean, this is a fourth-round pick that has done what he has done, and you're, you got those all those years for free, basically, and now you're complaining about paying a third. I say, I promise you, the number only goes north from here. So you, 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 in another year, you're going to be complaining more. Now that number is going north, seems like a $40, $41 million a year. You just got to bite the bullet and get it done now. Now, both sides. I say, Jerry, you got to figure it out and bite the bullet and get it done. Let me tell you what my concerns are with that. And it ties back into what you just talked about. Russell Wilson moving around. We got uh, uh, Matthew Stafford just moved around. You know, we got top guys 
that are coming available on a market or trying to make themselves available on the market. So we're going to have some activity with top guys out, uh, some very good guys on the market. Now with all of that movement at quarterback that we never used to get, you got to start looking at the value of the seat that you are sitting in. And the value of the seat that Dak Prescott is sitting in is of great value. To be the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, you think Russell Wilson would love to be the Dallas Cowboys quarterback? I know it would take a lot, a whole lot to do that. But I'm telling you, we're getting quality quarterbacks that are coming available. If I'm Dak Prescott, I'm going to tell my people, hey, let's get something done. I don't want to have my chair in this musical chair game that is starting to go on out here. And I know he has all the leverage. I'm not talking about the money. I'm talking about the chair he's in. I also wonder, Michael, Michael Irvin here on the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Susie Schuster sitting in for him. I'm also wondering how this affects the chemistry in the locker room. Because if the guys are seeing how Dak Prescott's treated, wouldn't they be thinking, well, how are they going to treat me? Yeah, that, 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 that trickles down. But Jerry, Jerry kind of went backwards in this because he took care of a lot of the other guys prior to taking care of Dak. You know, trying to find, see if he can find a, a value for Dak, and the market's going to find the value for Dak. You know, so he took care of a lot of other guys. You know, it, it, so, so that may have helped some that, was going, that is going on in the locker room. And so we're talking about different numbers now. You know, I, 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 people always say, man, Jerry's doing that wrong. No, stop it. There's no such thing as doing somebody wrong. We're talking about $35, $40 million a year. Let's just stop it. This is just business. Nobody's doing it. You know what I'm saying? Jerry, Jerry didn't do that wrong last year. Dak made $35 million last year. You know, Jerry, Dak's going to make a minimum of $38 million this year. There's no doing anybody wrong in that situation. It's just they have to sit down and find a deal and get a deal done. Wait, say that again. How much money was he making? Man, Dak made 30, some 30, what, $33 million last year. I, mean, I, I just love how you said it. Are you kidding? <laughs> Now, What's Michael, that? Michael, what about what's happening in Houston? Have you ever seen such a strange scenario as what's happening in Houston with, with Deshaun Watson? Yeah, and, and that's so sad. That's sad. And, and, and I, you know what? And I'm going to tell you how I thought about that, too. Because I knew something was coming down when I broke that, Deshaun, that, that, that DeAndre Hopkins story uh, a little while ago uh, and how Bill O'Brien and that meeting went, and some of the things that went on in there. And I had heard about all of this stuff that was going on in Houston then. I heard about it all then. So I waited to see, and, and, and you know, we waited to see what trickles down and how it happens. And this happened. That, what I was surprised about was when Deshaun Watson signed the deal. Because I knew all these things, a lot of things were going on. And then as I thought about it, I said, why, why would he do that? Why would he do that? But the more I thought about it, it was brilliant that he did it. Because the deal that he signed puts a no-trade clause in the deal, now, ultimately, he, they didn't step up and do the things they want to do. Now he moves. He has to total. He has total control. You you can send me where I want to go. You can send me. You, you'll send me where I want to go. As opposed to if I didn't sign a deal, you have control over me because you'll keep franchising tag, franchise tagging me. So so yeah, I, I, I'm shocked that it's gotten that bad. But but we've seen a lot of things go on in Houston that a lot of people questioned and wondered about. And, and Deshaun was the guy to just bring it to a head and say, enough's enough, and that's what they're dealing with. Now they have to deal with it. There's no more what I call painting over the rust, you know, Susie. 
when I was growing up. I hope they don't come and get me. I hope the statute of limitations have run out on this. But but when I was still a bicycle, because we didn't have anything, I was a 15 to 17 kids. I was still a bicycle, and I'm sorry, kid, I stole the bike. And I would go run, and, and, and in order to not get caught, I would paint right fast to put some paint on. And every time I painted it fast, I would paint over some rust. Few few months later, the rust come right back. I learned that you got to sand down the rust first before you paint it, or the rust will come right back. And Houston now is in the sanding down process. No more just painting over this rust because what Deshaun Watson ain't going for it. We got to sand it down and then get it out of here. This is this is like home uh, home ed with Michael Irvin on the Rich Eisen Show. You never know what you're going to get when you tune into the Rich Eisen Show. I'm just saying, Michael yeah, Irvin has now and, and, taught us about stripping a, a bike. Those, those kids that I stole their bikes, if you can find me, I'll buy you a new one today. By the way, half of Florida's half of Florida's going to tweet out, "He stole my bike." <laughs> it uh, was me. Don't joke. Uh, one last question, football related. Uh, what's happening in the Indianapolis with the the Jersey Gate? If you had been in Dallas, and Troy Aikman had said to you, I want 88. We're talking, of course, uh, about Michael Pittman and Carson Wentz coming into Indy and wanting his number 11. Would you have given the 88 off your back to Troy Aikman? Yeah, I, I, this part trips me out. I mean, it's not like, okay, I'm going to say no to the guy right there, and then, you know, I want him to say yes to me, throw me the ball, throw me the ball, throw me the ball. This, this is that, that, that blew my mind. You saw how quick Godwin got off that jersey for, for Tom Brady. And I know he's the GOAT. I know he's the GOAT. But he's the, still he's the quarterback. You get a quarterback what he wants so the quarterback can give you what you want. Like, <laughs> you know, dude, I would be in that huddle and say, hey, man, 11. <laughs> Remember who gave that to you. Come on now, let's play. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? I would be call- That's what I'd be call- I would be calling Carson. Hey, 11. You remember who gave that to you? Can I get you? you get me the ball. But. That's yesterday, I think, already leaking into Carson Wentz tomorrow. I guarantee that, that that's, that's those guys hearing about the locker room situations in Philly and already saying, no, you, you got to come and earn this over here. We're not giving you anything. And, and that's what I think happens there. There's no doubt that that set the tone for his time in Indy. No doubt, right? Yeah, no doubt. No, no doubt. Now, he can overcome it. He can overcome it, but I think what it does is it, get, it give, gives him an understanding of, oh, no, 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 you're not walking over here as a high-pick quarterback who gets whatever he wants. you got to come and earn this. Well, I, I, I'm not coming up with it. That, the fact that we're even hearing about it, that they didn't go to him and, 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 and you know, the organization and try to smooth all of this out that we have it here, I think that says something. You know, that that says something. They should have gone to him even and talked to Pittman about that once you knew you were getting Carson Wentz over there before any other media got to Carson, got, got to Michael Pittman about that stuff. Michael, thank you for coming on. I love having you on. I'll probably have you on every single time I'm on the air. Thanks for having Thanks for coming by today, Mike. Susan, we absolutely love it, Susan. And, and, and when all this craziness go away and, and you come on, I'm I'm going to fly out there and co-host with you. Well, come and hang out 
for sure. You we'll better. You better promise. I would mm-hmm. love that. I, I promise you right now, I would absolutely do that. Absolutely. You know, I would do it for you. I know you I would. Out of Please. my house, get on a plane. You're my, you're my kid's godfather, for Christ. You know, really. I mean, you're, you're her godfather, so you got to come on and do that for me. And that's why I would do it. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. You have a great day. I love you, Sue. Love you, too. That's Michael Irvin on The Rich Eisen Show. I'm Susie Schuster. Much more up ahead when we come back. Also, by the way, let me put this on the record. He was my guest at the wedding, not Rich's. That's true. Electric blue suit. Much more when we get back. Laura Linney, back to talk about Ozark and the upcoming Golden Globes. She's nominated. She's got a million awards, you guys, and she's the greatest person in the world when we get back. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. You met Prince, correct? Yeah, yeah. What's the story behind that? You know, I I can't remember how we met initially, Mm -hmm. but after our first encounter, he made sure that I was at every house party that he had in Los Angeles. And if he knew that I was in town, like in New York, he made sure that I was at every uh, show he performed at Madison Square Garden. I'll never forget, we were at Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. Security came to me to my seat at the end of the show or towards the end of the show and said, Prince wants you to come on stage. I was like, okay. <laughs> he wants you to come on stage now. Oh, all right, so I'll go on stage. It's me, Whoopi Goldberg, Cornell West, Tavis Smiley, a bunch of other people on stage. And we went to this after-hour spot after the concert, a place called Village Underground in, in the sure. village. Sure, oh, it's famous. Yeah, and so, you know, because Prince likes to jam afterwards. Well, Prince just went to go listen to the musicians. And so it's Prince, his assistant, myself. And I see Prince lean over to his assistant. And then all of a sudden, the assistant leans over to me and says, uh, I don't know why I do this voice, but it's like, Prince wants you to come back and have pasta and pizza. <laughs> I was like... Oh, okay. And then Prince got up and left, and she got up and left. I don't know why her voice is so deep, because it was a woman. She got up and she left. But you were summoned. You were summoned by royalty. And there was, you know, an array of people uh, in the living room, and I went back to find Prince, and he was back there holding court with Tavis Smiley and Cornell West, and he looked up and smiled and gave me the peace sign, and I went back in, and 
We had pasta and pizza at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> wow. How did Prince like his pizza? Um, this is very important. No, the for, toppings first off, is a window into one's first soul. First off, there was no meat on the pizza, and I didn't okay. see Prince eat any pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we would go to his house, man, for, for the house parties, and it'd be Stevie Wonder playing the piano, uh, uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner on bass, uh, you know, uh, Rochelle Farrell singing lead, you know, uh, uh, Harry Connick Jr. playing bongos. No, 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 that was uh, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah, Matthew McConaughey, I'm sorry. I get him confused sometimes. But it was just amazing, man. And then you would get into like 5 o'clock in the morning, his chef is serving you breakfast. You're like, why am I at Prince's house at five o'clock in the morning, man? It, 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 it was truly uh, a, an, an amazing uh, relationship uh, that not only myself, but other people had with him. I'm just glad that it was pizza and pasta. It wasn't like a game of telephone, like Prince yeah. asked you to do something. You <laughs> came back pizza and pasta through his no. assistant. Anthony, Prince wants you to come back to the hotel and have pasta and pizza. <laughs> That's how it came to me. Welcome back to The Rich Eisen Show. Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen, who may or may not be locked in the basement just because I had to get out of the house today. But, you know, neither here nor there. Just saying. Laura Linney, moments from joining us here on The Rich Eisen Show. You know her from Ozark. You also know her from my total remote drop movie, Love Actually, and Mystic River, and everything else in the world. By the way, she shot Love Actually and Mystic River at the same time. Whoa. So some of the nice, the nicest character in the world. <laughs> And the darkest character in the world at the yeah. same time. And those of you who love her on Ozark, she's nominated for a Golden Globe for the second time for Ozark. That's on Sunday on NBC, which is symbiotic, if I'm just saying. But we're excited to have Laura Linney join us here on The Rich Eisen Show. It's a pleasure for me because, quite honestly, she's the nicest person I know. But, Laura, thank you for joining us. It is my pleasure. I can't believe that you're here after all of this. And you are on the Ozark set now? I'm filming in Atlanta now, yes. I'm not there right at this moment, but but yes, I'm here filming. What has this been like for you working on this show? Because as I've said 17 times on the show already, you might be the nicest person I know, and yet you play <laughs> one of the darkest characters possible. So how do you rationalize? How do you go to all these different places? Oh, well, it's just fun. I mean, that's that's the joy of a great character is that you get to, you get to do all the sort of stuff that, that is far away from you. And... You know, to play someone who is so reactive and so primally hooked into um, instinct, you know, is, is, is just a lot of fun. It's, it's the sort of part you, you hope for. And, you know, I've known from, from the first day working on Ozark, it was just obvious to me that I'd sort of landed in a very special situation. And, and because this is our last season doing it, we're all we're savoring every second we have, whether we're filming in the land of COVID or not. It seems as though working for Jason Bateman, he's a terrible taskmaster, so I'm sure that it, it can't be fun to work with him at all. No, terrible. Really, just an agony every second. But he's, you know, the thing about Jason, it's, it's always wonderful to watch someone who's, who's put so much time just over years and decades into what they do because their skill level just gets higher and higher and higher. And when you watch someone sort of switch lanes successfully to go from, a type of, you know, known for purely comedic stuff, and then to move into a whole other realm of not only dramatic acting, but producing at this level, directing at this level, 
you know, it's it's an amazing thing to witness. And you're about to direct for your first time coming up. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Are you excited, nervous? How, how does that all I, fit in? All, all of those things. You know, quite frankly, it's it's nothing that I ever saw in the cards for me. And But I've had people, particularly Jason, really pushing me to do it. And so I am excited. I'm nervous. I'm scared. It's a whole different way to look at things. But... um but I am looking forward to it. We'll see, we'll see how I do. <laughs> we'll I think you're going to do great. Susie Schuster, Thank Laura you. Linney here on The Rich Eisen Show. Laura, you have every award in the book. It's insane. And you're up for yet another Golden Globe. But uh, I'm just curious, like, which what means the most to you out of every which, award you've won? Every award I've won, mm. which means the most? Yeah. I think... I think I won a swimming award in camp in 1978. Of course you'd say that. <laughs> And I, but, but honestly, it's the thing that, because I, I was a terrible swimmer, I was really bad, and I really tried to get better. I mean, I really, really tried. And it really did feel like a reward for something that I went through that was harrowing and frightening. And the other awards that I've been lucky enough to either be nominated for or get, you know, it just comes out of doing what I love to do. So I've always I always have a little sense of embarrassment and awkwardness about about the award season, even though I know it's important and I love every nomination award I have. Don't get me wrong, but I, you don't sort of feel like you really deserve it. You know, I don't feel like I did anything outside of my, you know, anything heroic. I didn't do anything heroic, but me being like a little kid trying to learn how to swim and being terrified and working through that like i that that award means something to me and it's in my cabinet with like next to my emmy <laughs> my swimming award i feel like we have to know what stroke it was yeah, we yeah, know? it was well i had a very hard time the crawl was just a disaster it's for me. the worst it's just, the worst just a disaster and then when it all sort of came together and you know in some ways there's something about learning i, I i've always found that the arts and sports and the military had there's a through line through them all because there is a if you know obviously the physicality required it's not just passion it's not just expression of passion intellectually it's also expression of passion physically and when you sort of learn how to work through something physically it helps with every other aspect of your life it gives you a sense of of confidence and camaraderie particularly if you're doing it with a group of people um and I've always found that even though, like in high school, the, the theater geeks and the sports people didn't really get along, they sort of stayed in separate corners, they had much more in common with each other than they realized. We may have actually uncovered something, if you think about it, in, in, like in an Inside the Actor's Studio. Maybe it was that swimming that propelled you to be able to do all of these great characters. I'm not saying that well, I should take that show over, but I'm thinking <laughs> we may have hit on something here, Laura Linney. Well, I think... I think there is something about just confronting fear, you know, in, in any aspect that does when you actually confront it and you figure out how to work through something emotionally, spiritually, physically, intellectually, all at the same time, when all of those things are being um, challenged and you somehow put it together and have those things work in concert. I think it's, it, it's a real evolution in your development as a person, regardless of where you are. Um, so I think sports are, are, are important in ways that people don't always consider. Um, 
It makes yeah. sense to me. And before we talk about Laura Linney, the sports fan, because I think a lot of you will be surprised to actually hear about her background with sports. One last question about Ozark. Do you ever watch mm-hmm. it back yourself? <laughs> I'm not good at that, to yeah. be honest with you. I love seeing what everyone else is doing, but I can't stand watching myself. It's the worst. I just, I just It's just the worst. I hate hearing my voice. I hate watching myself. I just don't. I just, that part of it I'm not very good at. Um, but I love watching everyone else. So I'll watch it and fast forward. I think that I love watching you. So I will watch it for you. Uh, okay, let's you talk about it for me. I will. I will. And I have been. And I'm, I'm almost done with season one because I when do I get to watch TV with three small kids yeah, at home? Sure. So it's it's few and far between. But boy, you're dark. Um, well, thank you. You're welcome. So let's talk about your sports background. I think a lot of people might be mm-hmm. surprised that you came upon it very early. Who introduced you to sports? My father. My father and I used to watch the Knicks all the time. So it was, you know, Dave DeBusher and, er- and Earl the Pearl, and it was all of those guys. And it was, a v- I saw my parents divorced when I was young. So I would go over and spend the weekends with him. And I think as a, you know, as a, as a single parent who was a father to a young daughter, he, he just didn't know what to do with me a lot of the time. So he taught me how to play gin rummy, and we would watch, we'd watch the Knicks. Um, and he was not a sportsy man, but he played basketball growing up in high school. So he followed the Knicks. And uh, so that was a big, that was a big thing, a big bond between the two of us. And now who watches what in your house now with a husband, yourself, and with an eight-year-old? Is he eight or is he seven? Your, seven. your son? He's seven. So I have a husband from Chicago. So the Bulls are very much uh, at our table. Um, so we, we, um, and the bears, sorry, the bears, the bears are at our table all the time. And, um, my seven-year-old is now obsessed with the NFL and is an enormous Khalil Mack fan. Okay. So every time Khalil Mack sort of, you know, throws his power around, my son is doing a, a major dance of victory. Um, so there's lots of bear stuff. And then, and then my son also loves, uh, Premier League soccer. So we we watch Liverpool, and you know he goes back and forth between watching Premier League soccer highlights and Curious George. Which, so by the way, is, that's know, the that's, perfect combination, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I'm proud of that. You should be. So, and also, you know, you know how some some kids had, you know, when I was growing, you know, decades ago, Farrah Fawcett was on the wall and the, of the poster. My son has Alex Morgan. Like Alex Morgan is it. Alex Morgan is his first love, and uh, he follows the women's soccer team as well. I had Terry O'Reilly. I had uh, a Bruins player on my wall. I also had Michael Jackson. I had the Larry Bird, Magic Johnson back-to-back. What did you have on your wall? Mark Spitz. Oh, yeah. Well, why not? I had that huge, that long, like, life-size poster of Mark Spitz with all the medals. And watching the Olympics was such a big deal. I mean, I still love, I crave the memory of um, Jim McKay's voice. <laughs> I get that. I get that. You know, just like a, it's a Proustian memory for me, like, li- like rolling around on the shag carpeting, listening to Jim McKay talk about the Olympics. I just, all of that, I just love it. And I'm still a, an Olympics um, fanatic. Like what, I clear the schedule. What are your favorite events to watch for the Olympics? And, and are you, you know, a winter or summer kind of girl? Both. Mm. I'm very much both. I love watching skiing. I love watching alpine skiing. You know, and it varies. Every year I sort of learn something more about, you know, another, uh, another sport. You know, sometimes it's, I, love, I also love hockey. 
I, I love watching hockey. Um, I love the sort of the finesse and the brutality combined of hockey. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I love watching sports. And when you learn about sports also, it just, you know, just all the obvious stuff, the strategy of it, the emotion of it, the how do you combine the two, um, you know, instinct versus, versus execu- execution and all of that. I find, it, um, I find it really interesting. And I love watching an athlete get better. Well, that's over time, the, if they're given the if they're given the opportunity to do that, that's the best part of sports to me. I mean, that's why I got into it. I love the story of these athletes developing where they came from, where they were going, and how they got better. Oh, yeah, it's the I mean, that's the part that relates to acting. I would imagine that's the human story that makes you interested. Yes, absolutely, and development of skill over time, and what people have, where their weaknesses are, where their strengths are, how how that can flip flop over time. Um, you know, I, the, the psychology of sports is fascinating to me. Um, you know, I, just, I, find it, I find it really inspirational. So in other words, we have to get together with Aline Kashishi and your manager, and we have to think of a, a way to develop a movie that I can take something from the sideline well, experience. We develop it. It gets really dark. But actually, late at the same time, we're gonna, we're, there's going to be a movie that comes out of this conversation on the Rich well, Eisen show. There has to be. And you right? do know, Slapshot is my favorite movie of all time. You're kidding. If I could have Slapshot on, I've watched Slapshot more than any other movie ever made. I would watch... Keep going, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's just, I just think it's one of the best films ever made. I just love it. And I would watch Love Actually. That's my total remote drop. Oh, God, that brother. The brother. The brother. The brother. You just had to stop answering the phone so much. I know, but when you feel like someone's going to off themselves if you don't answer the phone. <laughs> it's a real headache. You know. It's a real headache. You know, yeah, it's, it's a little inconvenient. Before I let you go back to the set, and again, thank you for taking the time to come on. Anything that you can, any kind of nuggets you can proffer for us for, season, for this last season? Nope. Mm. <laughs> well, that went well. I'm so glad it I asked that, but you know, I had to try. Thing. Because Not a thing. I'm not giving you nothing. The worst. This is some interview. This is some interview. I'm, 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 I hope you I'm win. I'm dark underneath. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. That's what makes you fascinating. You couldn't you know, be I'm nicer, a, I'm but a, you can't I'm a platter of qualities. You know, I'm a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I, I hear you. You're a little bit of this and a little bit of that and, and, and a lot mm-hmm. of awesome. Good luck. I hope that you continue to put together this gorgeous collection of trophies on Sunday night. We are all watching. <laughs> this whole set is obsessed with Ozark, so... I want you to know I, I had to, I was cramming him in there and Rich was dying to get you uh, here to talk to you. So hopefully you'll be coming back with uh, the rest of the award season as they come in. But thank you for making the time and go back and, and say hi to Bateman for me, will you? Tell him I said, you know. Of course I will. You know, it's I a will. Casual name drop on the All Rich right. Eisen show. Laura, thank you. <laughs> I hope to see you soon. Same here. Thanks so much. Have fun. It's my pleasure. I mean, wasn't I. Isn't that exactly what you'd expect from her? Like, can't you see the dimples while she's talking and the smiling? She's the nicest person in the world. And, you know, I do, I do try to bring the A-list guest to the yeah, Rich Eisen show. she's the nicest person in. ever. And then you watch Ozark and you're like, whoa. Or Mystic River. Ooh. Whoa. Uh, Jeremy Schapp, Steve Kerr, Stephen A. Smith, all ahead of us on the Rich Eisen show. We are just getting started. This is the Rich Eisen show. I'm Susie Schuster. Don't go anywhere. And we're back in Peacock, and we never went anywhere in the first place, so why would I say back? <laughs> yeah, we, uh, back like we never we didn't go anywhere. We're still here. Uh, 
Mystic River is one of the greatest movies, but can you imagine Great trying Boston to shoot movie. those two? And her accent was good, too. Yeah. Because if you're not from there, it's hard to get the accent. Because remember, we talked about this once before. We get offended when the accent is bad. Who's the worst Boston accent offender, do you think? Chris uh, Kevin Costner in 13 Days. Really? Oh, yeah. It's pretty terrible. He's, he's on. <laughs> it is tough. It's I mean, bad. You said that like you were ready he's for it. Ready for it. <laughs> it's pretty it's bad. It's actually really bad. Pretty bad. Yeah. Can I, can I up, up sure. on that one really quickly? Julianne Moore on 30 Rock. That's pretty bad. Too. Oh my god, I was yeah, offended. Oh my too. god, I was offended. Both. And yet Alec Baldwin does a great one. Right? Wouldn't you think? Okay, maybe not. Don was talking to me. What did you say again? I, I think that uh I thought that Alec Baldwin did a great one on Thirty Rock. Alec when Baldwin he would, can do he, anything. Surf in he, and out. He, he but can then do also anything. in the departed. He can do anything. Yeah, he's pretty much he the greatest. Uh Jeremy Schaff coming up in the next hour. We're gonna talk a lot of cooking. I'm just saying. The man knows how to <laughs> the man knows how to the man knows how to flip a salmon, which is kind of scary. Can we, talk, also, can we talk a little 50s biathlon? <laughs> oh, we can talk the kings and queens from, the, from William the Conqueror. So we will talk all of that with Jeremy Schapp, as well as we'll talk to him about his incredible essay on Tiger Woods, which he did yesterday. And as always, he's Mr. Perspective, Jeremy Schapp. He will help us put this tragedy in perspective. And again, nothing new on Tiger Woods today, but we're grateful that he is cogent and awake and uh, will be slowly recovering from his uh, horrific car oh, crash several horrific, days ago horrific, now. Horrific, Brockman's horrific. News is when we come back. Steve Kerr when we come back. Stephen A. Smith when we come back. Because I come correct because I am indeed <laughs> best, best mom, mom ever. ever. So. <laughs> best mom ever. Apparently best booker ever, but like, whatever. Did I say that? The pink is throwing me off. The pink is, it's so wrong. Yet I'm wearing a pink jacket. I know. <laughs> that's not a pink jacket. That's all. raspberry. Thank yeah, you. that's Thank raspberry. You. That's up, yeah. Thank you. It looks pink to me. It's Ted Baker if they want to keep sending me free stuff. Did they send you free stuff? I don't know. But if they want to start oh, Ted sending it. If they want to start, I mean, I'm just Give fine. him some free stuff because he dresses terribly. I'm just saying. <laughs> so much more on the Rich Eisen Show. Susie Schuster in for Rich. Come on back.